Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Well, Miles, we are thrilled, fortunate, and blessed to be joined in our third Ooh, seat yeah. uh, by one of the smartest people I know. She's a producer here in iHeart's LA podcast studio, helping to create shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Heard of that. She's a fabulous writer who you can read at Vulture, The AV Club, Heard Team Book, Pace, The Advocate, many more. She is the brilliant, the talented Joelle Moni. Back in the house, still the Marvel Defender. So excited to be here today. How are you guys doing? We're great. Oh, well. You you okay. have a new microphone, and it is I do. It is covering your eyes as though you it are is. to <laughs> reach like around Nick like Fury. Right. Yeah, you had you had it over <laughs> one eye, and you looked like Nick oh, Fury. Uh, at one point, it was covering both eyes, and you looked like. Uh, <laughs> You know, a witness on a like 2020 special that is like oh. trying to cover up their identity, but they're <laughs> they're just like doing a real half-ass job. You know, it's hard when your brother edits the show because if you don't record right, you're gonna hear about it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear right. about it. So I'm trying to get the mic right. You know, now that I got the a professional mic, like I've been podcasting for eight years or something. <laughs> I just got a real mic. This is crazy. I'm going to try to hold it here so I can make eye contact. No, don't. We'll no, no, don't. Do, do whatever well. you want. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. I thought it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was actually. fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, we we're thrilled to have you back. How, how are you doing? How have yeah. you been since, uh, last you checked what? in with Zeitgang? Friday? Monday was that? You know, for business folk, it's Q4. So everyone <laughs> needs everything right this minute. Don't yeah, not yeah. later, not 30 seconds from now. Do not take a nap. Do not do that other work because their work is most important. That's what yeah. I'm at right now. The six people being like, but now I'm like, you have to wait. It, it's coming. <laughs> Please believe me. I'm working on it. I have not forgotten about you. I've sent that email six times. You're still in my thoughts. The actions are right. coming. <laughs> Can you record this ad three days ago? Huh? <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not a time traveler, unfortunately. Ah, damn it. Someone said you might be. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a minor podcast uh, celebrita, if I can, if I call myself that. Also, other sure. networks are now bringing me up and being like, so our regulars are not available. Will you come slide in and help us? And I'm like, this is what I've been asking for all year. It would be weird if I said no. But I just don't sleep now i went to bed at oh, like no. 11 i was up at three it's fine listen we're gonna get all of it done and it's gonna be great and you know i i got the things i asked for so i'm gonna just revel in that um manifestation go. i exactly. did yeah get your worth get your worth yes yes gabrus john g let us know something from your search history that you know just reveals something about you Give well this will be your mind. pretty obvious but uh the most recent one I have is short board shorts, size XXL. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and that I mean, never go away, baby. I mean, never go <laughs> yeah. away. Never, ever. Hard to find. Hard to find short board shorts uh, in my size. So that's what I'm on the hunt for. If any listeners here are girthy individuals and have access to short vintage looking board shorts, that's what right. your boy's in the market for. Send what do you along. Kind of 
what are you looking for when you say it? What's what like not just a swim trunk, a short trunk, but it has to be a board short. Like what are you? T- what what? Qualifies? It doesn't have to be, but uh, the I, I want like board shorts. Like I need a little stretch. I need a little shortness to show the thighs. You can't really surf in a budgie smuggler, which is what I normally wear at the beach as a speedo. But you can't really surf in it because it like could chafe your thighs and stuff. So yeah. I just want, and I don't need to get. Ro- I'm already getting roasted by every surfer that's out there, as I am on a fucking ten foot foam padded board, like it's like a fucking canoe, and I'm just wiping <laughs> out in the fucking shore break. They right. all know I'm a kook, so I just want, <laughs> I just want want to be able to uh, not look, not also be in a speedo. Oh, got it. So you want you you don't want to immediately be ID'd as a kook out there. Just yeah, I need like one slamage. round. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I need one layer of illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Coming up yeah, to the water, you want them to be like, ah, and then when you this get in the water. This guy might have what it takes. And then when they see me in the water, absolutely floundering with my nipples bleeding, they know right, what the right, fuck's right. up. You're Nariana Huffington out there. Somebody, so I was in Hawaii a, a couple months ago, and like I went to a beach. And they surfers be cracking me up, man, because they always pretend they was like, yo, you're not going to get in the water. I was just laying on the beach, enjoying myself, had a little uh, cut water, vodka mule or Moscow mule and drinking, enjoying myself. And then this like surfer dude comes up. Hey, man, you want to join the class? You want to get in the water? And I was like, oh, man, no, I can't even swim like that. He was like, you don't need to swim. I'm like, nigga, stop lying. Yes, you do. You got to know how to swim to surf. You can. You should never say to someone that says, I can't swim. You should go, nah, get in the ocean. Like, in you, the ocean. Like you, you shouldn't even get on a fucking, you're, you love cruising and you can't swim. I I get some lessons just in case, I mean, bro. Cavers, I'm you pretty can stay far. Alive. I, yeah, yeah, I can stay alive on a cruise. I'm not, I'm not falling <laughs> off the boat. <laughs> Someone just fell off. Uh, a yeah. woman just fell off the boat in Mexico. And and swimming didn't help her. She did. No, no, you're right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fuck it. Never learn to swim. <laughs> you fall class. off a boat. Hey, swimming ain't gonna help you. You go. Bro. You go. Hard to argue that, bro. <laughs> yeah, especially if uh, the person who pushes you off doesn't say anything. Right. Like, they never let the captain right. know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's wild. She was saying something and then uh, vanished. That's weird. Yeah, I guess maybe not. That's I don't know. Let's so check her room. Maybe it. check the casino. Uh, she must be in right. one of those spots. Check that There's state room. The scene of a murder, always. But yeah, uh, I you know, I like short shorts, too. I'm thigh gang. I recently, I had a suit made for myself, and I real like, pants are always the hard bit to get tailored. Yeah. And when I was getting fitted, the dude getting my measurements was like, yeah, you know, you would probably always need to have made like pants custom made. He's like the seat of he's like your waist is a thirty four, but the actual seat that you need for your thighs is of a thirty eight. Mm. So you could either go thirty eight and have them tailored down. He's like, but yeah, you, you would have trouble finding pants that normally fit you because and every time I wear pleated pants, the pleat is gone because <laughs> my thighs are too thick every I- time. I'm the same. I have huge thighs, a big belly, and no S. Pants fit me in the weirdest fucking ways, dude. Like, yeah. they hang off the back. They bunch in the thigh area. And they're, like, like flapping I, in the butt, yeah. <laughs> in the wind. I got mad space in the... And look, let's be honest. I got extra space in the front, too. Uh, you know, I'm just... <laughs> I got no ass, no dick, big belly, thick thighs, yeah. clear heart, can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> I, the same is. way. I look like... You remember the old Montre- Montreal Expos logo? That basically look like a D and a B. That's how my thighs and ass look. So, <laughs> I got big thighs and a big ass. 
And so uh, pants just don't pants be fucking me up, man. Pants be fucking me up. You got that back porch that we love so much. I got much. that back porch, exactly. baby. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? The Mariah Carey Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. I do not like it. It This came up on my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. There was a story about a bar, I believe it was in Texas, that on the jukebox said, you can't play this song until after Thanksgiving and then only one time per night. And my co-host said he doesn't like any Christmas music, but he does like that song. And I was like, you're entirely wrong, top to bottom. Mm. I like all Christmas. No, I like most. I like good Christmas music, but I don't like that song. And oh. after this aired, oh, I just really... Got so much shit on Twitter from people. Even uh, Bean of Kevin and Bean was like, Allison, I love you, but I'm sorry you're wrong. It's a great song. So many people I know, people I respect and love, have let me know they love that song. So the other day, I put it on, and I'm like, I'm going to see. And this is what a big person I am. I'm going to see if I was wrong. Listen right. to it. Turns out, just like I keep trying to eat cucumber and watermelon, and I know they're related. I don't, I, I, I don't particularly like either of them, and I keep trying. Tried this song, was like, okay, I don't need to hear it again. I still don't like it. So I just feel this song, I'm surprised at how popular it is, and I feel it's overrated. Yeah. It's uh, I, it's like, it's one of those songs I hear it once in the right context, and I'm like, ha, 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 all right. But in my heavy rotation. <laughs> what a strange reaction, Miles. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it, it gets you. <laughs> all right. Yeah, like, you're kind of like, hey, I'm in a Best Buy. Maybe I'll buy this blank vhs right. tape that's uh, what jack said when his fish got killed <laughs> all right <laughs> all right, look. All hey, right. Honey, another two are floating today more food <laughs> you mean my fish yeah yeah, yeah. more food yeah more food <laughs> but yeah like i'm i love i like so that's the thing i like all christmas music so i don't hate that one but i can only listen to that so many times yeah. before i have to go back to the old you know like ear that's volume true. hits of christmas music it is. It has reached a level of cultural just dominance that mm -hmm. it, it's. I think it's got to be by far the most played Christmas song, right? Like it has to be at this point. I like think so. by multiples. Like it, it just well, seems like because yeah. it's the only one that like nobody's gonna ever play a cover of that, and yeah, it's just so omnipresent. My my kids really like it, so I'm in kind of a weird position. All right, I actually also like it. <laughs> But uh, see, <laughs> okay. it's surprising. I'm sorry. It's surprising how many, how many people how many I otherwise basic ass motherfuckers it. are out here. I mean, uh, hey, it gets it's song. good for me for one. <laughs> All right, uh, and then <laughs> yeah. then I go on with my day. But yeah, I'd be lying if I said it didn't give me a little hee hee ha ha. And and yeah. you go hee hee hee. All right, when you hear it at Best Buy at the beginning of the season, like if it's. Um, an indication that it's Christmas season, I can accept it. Right. But when it when we're in the thick of it, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, like it's a good songs. kickoff track. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like not liking that song is probably as close as you can get to the experience of being the Grinch. Like, you know, how the Grinch like <laughs> My I'm heart claiming, is exactly the right size. I know. I'm not saying that you are like a Grinch in any respect other than that you do have those charges of stealing people's Christmas trees for the past, I guess, three years running. I had to fix yeah. the light. Right. But <laughs> the just, you know, the way that he can't stand Christmas and like all the Christmas holidays, like that is basically the most omnipresent 
thing that you could that I could imagine somebody objecting to that's just like like everywhere. I don't know how you could avoid that around the Christmas holidays. Really, You can't. You're right. Yeah. It's situational grinchiness. But I look at it like I love Christmas time and everything Christmassy so much that I can't like that song. I have a question. I, I think this is yeah. the reason why I think I only like it at the maybe the at as a kickoff time. to the holidays or like in a dynamic situation. It's because the song itself is very fast. It's mm-hmm. like that tempo, that tempo is too much. That tempo is just too much for me. I need to bring that shit back because I think in my mind, yeah. the year is ending. So it's slowing down and maybe just my overconsumption of food is contributing to that lethargy. But I need the music to also kind of be an energetic match for what I need. Right. The you end need of the year to be them to take it down a notch. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But yeah. I think that's for me that one of the reasons why like I tend to like some of the more classics that are more like brooding and just sort of like Same. slow and yeah. Yeah. Evokes a fire, a Yule log. There's a playlist that we listen to called Christmas Crooners, and it's all the classics. And I enjoy right. that quite a bit. Yeah. The people who I think we talk about it on our holiday year end uh Christmas song episode, but it, like the people who sound like they eventually died of throat cancer. Like yes. those, those people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The classics. <laughs> what uh what is something you think is underrated? There's so many things I think are underrated. Like I was thinking about rain in LA and how everyone complains about the rain and how the rain is like my favorite thing. And then I, yeah. you know, then I had this moment yesterday that I really cherished, which was when I went to the bathroom at a restaurant and I came back and my food was there and I was like, oh. is there a better feeling in the world? <laughs> yeah the best oh, especially like sometimes you you'll go to the bathroom hoping that that's what's gonna happen you're like oh man i thought it would be here fuck it i'm just gonna go to the bathroom and maybe that'll be the it's window true. in which it arrives <laughs> yeah like you're maybe can sort of catalyze the delivery by going to the I'm bathroom i'm trying to like will it into the universe right. by leaving yeah. the table. you come back it's not there and you're like actually uh, i gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i forgot to uh <laughs> right, right. Poop, I guess. I forgot to poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rain in L.A. is like a phenomenon that like I was not aware of until I started living out here. But the air is, because it's usually so dry, the air is like thick with dust and smog. and But it's like a lot of, you know, just everything is, is dusty. The reason that like, you know, road crews need a, a truck out there to like spray down the dust so that it's you know there there's just no water so the dust is like hanging in the air and then like you don't realize that like everything is like being like you're you're seeing everything through like a a screen of haze and then it rains and like the air is like cleaned out of all of that and it's like suddenly like five times prettier like, right. And you're like, what have I been inhaling? On regular? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, dude, like air quality in L.A., I obsess over it in like an unhealthy way, probably. But we all are inhaling like it's just like the pollution is insane. I think clean air is another underrated thing, because like when I go to New York where my family lives, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is how I'm supposed to breathe. Right. Like my skin is better. Like, yeah. So when it rains, it's just like a sweet in LA. It's like a sweet day of just like incredible air quality. And also mm-hmm. just the rain. It's like so like needed. Like 
it, and it's yeah. just like the way the plants react to it. Like, it's just like to have a gloomy LA day. It's, I mean, I grew up in the East Coast, so I love like the snow. I love rain. I love like just weather that changes. Yeah. So, the one note here. Oh, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, the rain is like to your point about like how we desperate, like we actually, the, the, the earth around here needs it. It really is like, it's like that sip of water in the middle of a hangover, like in the middle of the night, you're like, I need yes <laughs> and like that's how the sit like the plants react like oh fucking thank god <laughs> <laughs> so i i do like in some weird way i feel the same way. i'm like oh yes good because the earth needs this shit right now yeah, yeah it's like yeah. the mad max scene when he like releases the water faucet and then like yeah. <laughs> down and like it's just right. like thank thank heavens yeah 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 all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Rand paul unfortunately And we're back. And so ever since Trump's election, there's been a lot of polling around uh, quantifying the percentage of people who would or would not have sex with a Republican. It's always sort of the same thing. People that are on the left are not as likely to want to be with someone that has a antithetical worldview while conservatives are willing to like bang anyone, I guess is like the general thesis here is that like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Like, which I don't know. The the Republicans seem to think that this makes them more accepting and like open minded, which kind of misunderstands the, the whole situation. I have so, so many questions, starting with what conversation leads to these studies? Right. <laughs> no, bro, I could totally banging Democrats like you couldn't they just wouldn't have sex with you okay but I would okay but your choice too doesn't negate their willingness to you know right it seems a foolish question I, I don't I don't because I don't understand the bottom line results of this like what are we supposed to do with this information and also yeah. anyone with a brain could have told you that because most I feel like I feel confident in saying most Democratic women would not sleep with a Republican man because they don't want to die right like, yeah, that's, yeah. this is pretty much the beginning, middle, and end of it. Like, I just don't want to die. I wouldn't be welcomed here. You would want to get into some weird racist kink that I don't want to engage in. Like, it's one of those, like, situations. And it's weird to me that the Republicans don't recognize it yet. They don't think they're racist, so I, I think maybe they yeah. don't know much about anything. I think it's honestly, for Democratic women, like, if I was to fuck a Republican, I have to actively recognize that Oh, he thinks lesser of me, and I'm right. I'm being right. used. It's an so, act of self hate to fuck yeah. a Republican. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. But in mm -hmm. doing that, you're being closed minded to his point of view. Well, so my willingness to, to have that. sex with you isn't the same as my willingness to engage in conversation with you. Right. It's weird to me. Like you won't let me be intimate with you. It's like you're terrifying. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would force me to carry that baby to full term, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I have dildos more politically correct than most Republicans. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> So the latest poll was released over at Axios. It polled 850 college students nationwide in November of this year. And this is all being framed as, I thought the left was tolerant, which ignores that tolerance means that you express your openness through not discriminating, which is discrimination is the very basis of the entire modern 
and historic Republican point of view since, you know, for most of the 20th century. But yeah, so women are more likely than men to take a strong partisan stance in their personal choices. I wonder if it has anything to do with uh, what you guys were just mentioning about, uh, you know, differences of opinion around, you know, your right to have a say of what you do with your own body. They found 41% of women would go on a date with someone who voted for the opposing candidate compared to 67% of men. 76% of women would work for someone who voted for the other candidate versus 86% of men. And just 68% of women compared to 84% of men would shop at or support the business of someone of the other party. Uh, I feel like that's convoluted because you don't know everyone you're buying. Stop it. Uh, you, right. you think you, if their opinions were publicly displayed and were, I don't know, actively harming a community and you were very aware of it, yes, of course, you, you would not shop there. But otherwise, you're you're just trying to get whatever it is you're trying to get and get on with your day. But I also feel this is, from the perspective of the way Republicans are sort of projecting themselves into media right now, there's this idea of like, we're being left out. We can't be in the mainstream. <laughs> I don't understand how you can be I'm against government and, frankly, individual liberties, and I want everyone to carry a gun. I don't care whether you feel safe, but also please include me in all of your activities. Why am I not invited to the picnic? Right. Why are you afraid of me? Because you boiled the hot dogs, damn it. <laughs> what did you say? We boil what? They boiled the hot dogs. They yes. boiled the hot dogs, and it's nasty and foul. You did not use the correct seasoning. All of your best recipes come from the black people you used to own like it's weird get out of here yeah i don't i truly do not understand how you can want to be so antisocial but also be involved in the culture at the same time like lines have to be drawn somewhere uh it's almost like they're wildly entitled and have no sense of uh the fucking damage and harm that their horrifying beliefs cause i just read a article that was all about what it was like inside Germany after they lost World War II and just oh like the, you know, coming to terms with uh, themselves as as Nazis. And it was a very slow process that involved a lot of cognitive dissonance and people just not being willing to recognize what they did. Kind of the same way we did with slavery. I, I really feel like it's exactly the same. Still there do was with all... slavery. Yeah. yeah, sure. There was like, but if you think about everything that happens before the launch of Jim Crow, it's like, oh, black people are free. That's sort of terrifying. Um, keep them in their own communities. Just we'll just like gently exclude them from everything. And uh, you know what? You can pay them two dollars. It's fine. Like really, really lower that minimum wage so that we can keep them at reasonable prices and we don't tank our economy. And then it was like, oh, they got their accumulating wealth. Cannot have, we do not like them living better than us. Put on your hoods, burn their towns down, get rid of it. Oh, yeah. crap. The law, people don't like that. We are breaking the law. Got it. Jim Crow laws. Now, now it's legal and it's fine. The racism is over. What are you talking about? It's such a weird, I guess as we as people, and I just mean human beings in general, just are not comfortable accepting our roles in awful things and our, our best defense to quote unquote protect ourselves is just distance yourself as much as possible as quickly as possible from what you've done but also don't change anything because we sort of like how things are there was a, a twitter thread i want to say yesterday or maybe a few days ago where a black family was selling their home in san francisco and they got it appraised 
and it came in super low. But they had an odd feeling about it. So they had their white friend step in and redecorate a little bit by changing photos, had it reappraised again, mm-hmm. went up like doubled, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of black people are doing this now. Just call a white friend. You should, everyone should have one. You need one good white friend. They can come bail you out when things are sticky. I like to keep white ladies around, particularly ones that can cry on cue. Um, <laughs> those tears ready for me, honey. Like, let's do it. Like, she's a good person. Please don't hurt her. Um, <laughs> so you'll save in large spaces. Yeah, that's, it's, it's trippy. There's a different article today about a woman who can pass. She doesn't try. She just can People don't recognize that she's black and she lives in an affluent white neighborhood. And she just wrote, like talked about all of the things people have said to her because they don't know she's black. And like, my favorite one is like, why do you have a black lives matter sign? Like they're just out here killing themselves. It's like, man, ma'am. It's exhausting. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Exhausting. What a great time to be alive. (laughs) Truly. Truly. Yeah. I mean, America's been bad, (laughs) a bad place to be alive for a lot of people. It's just like, I think we're now coming to terms with it. I just think every generation has to continually come to terms with it, though, right? Especially because we do a lot to shield our children from terrible things for good reasons. You you should be able to have a childhood and not have to deal with the stuff. Then suddenly it's like, okay, so we're just going to talk about slavery. They did what? To my ancestors? I would be there crap that sucks okay now we're gonna talk to you about how we tried to extinguish an entire like race of people when we first got here what that's awful i thought we enjoyed thanksgiving that's not how that actually went down we have to like constantly go through this process of unlearning things that we've learned and i think it's valid because it's the only way it could stay fresh and it's uncomfortable like barry jenkins just did this great series on amazon called underground and he spoke a lot about how he's like i didn't want to dwell in it but at the same time i can't ignore sleep i can't not look it in the face and address it directly healing my ancestors survived that i have to go look in it and stay in these places and try to feel and and come to terms with what happened i think it sucks it really sucks but i also think it's vital yeah yeah Yeah. like i mean so this article germany went from their kind of national like the zeitgeist opinion was that like their loss in World War II and all the you know revelations around the Holocaust were a part of a Jewish conspiracy. They called it American uh, financial interests had like put together this conspiracy. But as we talked about on an episode last week, like Germany has become, you know, not they're not perfect, but they are a model of like a nation that has actually accounted for like come to terms with at least and is trying to pay reparations and like do actual things to to deal with their past. Uh, so there there is a a path to it. It's just a long and painful and fucking brutal one. But like, that the work needs to be done my roommate uh well she actually just moved back to germany her grandfather was literally a nazi whoa and the way she talked to me about it they they say we not you never talk about the individual families because there is that great shame about just the involvement so it is talked and still uncomfortable but it's like we all fucked up and we're going to talk about it and 
it was more of a community change and you just don't talk about the individuals because it's just it, she said it like it ate her up inside like how could my grandfather be such such a terrible human you know mm. um, I wonder if America could ever get to that I feel like no uh, I <laughs> want to believe but I also feel like we are again just as a country just like especially if last year was any indication you know there was that giant swell of like we are not gonna let this happen anymore and we're gonna hire so many black people and we are going to like put some respect on indigenous people's names and it's going to be changed forever and then this year you see a ton of black freelancers talking about how projects that got picked up suddenly dropped agents mm -hmm. just not calling back like it was just a complete abandonment within a year and i think that's sort of our future trajectory it's just kind of like these small swells of like oh we don't want to be that but we're legitimately never going to change anything but please don't think of us that way it's just i think we prefer that contradictory state of existence yeah i mean something will have to change because to this point it's been just a steady rhythm of people coming up against the the reality of America's history and the reality of America's present. And then there is a white backlash. And, mm -hmm. you know, that we're seeing that. We saw that on January 6th. We'll see that probably in the 2024 election, which oh, I am certainly mm -hmm. I'm like as pessimistic about as I think I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I just don't. So something will need to change. All right. Well, real quick, Chris Wallace has left Fox News. It was a surprise announcement at the end of his uh, Sunday show. He's apparently going to CNN Plus, which is CNN's subscription service that will, I think, compete to be the least subscribed to service of any sort that <laughs> that anyone has ever launched. But may maybe not. I just I don't I don't understand why you would subscribe to that instead of just have CNN on talking about whatever. But anyways, I, I don't know the behind the scenes machinations. I do think that we are seeing broadly like people positioning for like the Fourth Reich that is going to be out in the open white supremacy and fascism starting around the 2024 election. And, you know, Fox is putting themselves in in position to no longer really have that critical kind of news focused side of things and you know just be full tucker carlson ledge i guess i guess like his tucker carlson's patriot purge documentary in quotes it was something that chris wallace had criticized and so that that might have led to this but yeah i mean he's had the unfortunate distinction of being like the one of the few people who like would try to acknowledge like some level of how bad shit was with Trump and being objective, like, should a president do that? And they're like, oh, okay, you <laughs> fucking Democrat, get the fuck out of here. And it's like, uh, uh, I know that's a, that's a real question. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's really, I, I think the fact that you have these sort of challengers to the throne in like OAN and Newsmax, that's pulling them even further off the ledge because they're seeing that they were like hemorrhaging viewers uh, to like Newsmax in certain like time uh, time slots. And that's only bad for Fox, quote unquote, news, because, yeah, like, as you see, Tucker Carlson isn't slowing down. Laura Ingram's not slowing down. It's just getting further and further into their sort of, you know, white dominated fantasy world. Yeah. Old fascism all the time. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, but I think that's, I think people are going to be surprised by how much a second Trump administration is like the lesson they will have learned is to just get rid of like anything resembling breaks on the Trump train and just go like full unadulterated, like authoritarianism mm. and fully like trying to make adjustments while he's in office to keep him in office and, you know, make it so that he can't be voted out. So that's, I think, where we're headed. But hopefully CNN Plus can uh, save us. And Maybe yes. CNN Plus will get uh, our voting rights restored. <laughs> right, right. I definitely think cable news is what's going to save us in 2024. Yes. I'm glad <laughs> somebody else is saying it because that's what I'm hoping. Person of the year. Corporate <laughs> media. What? <laughs> oh. They told us the truth about Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Like, oh, God. Focusing on all the right stories all the time. Yeah, yeah. Time person of the year will be like Donald Trump presents time person of the year. Like he will. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so dark. Trump presents time person of the year. This year is Donald Trump. Yes. Oh. Who's like the next person of the year? The next most personist of the year? I mean, it's got to be Ivanka, right? Am I, am I the only one who no, feels it's, like it's, it's got to be Ivanka? It's a sock full of loose bullets. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's really dark. I'm just hoping there's something in that week that can happen that can prevent a Trump 2024. And I hope that, like, the Democrats are able to at some point do things for people that really affect their day-to-day lives and in a positive way. So we can just avoid total fucking utter disaster in two years. Yeah. The data set, not looking too good. right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we got to keep our eyes peeled and like, yeah, I think it's, as more and more, I hopefully more and more people actually get in touch with how dire the situation, especially as it relates to like election boards, like you're already seeing, like Georgia, they're purging black members of ele- county election boards. It's, it's like yeah. it's they're they're for very much fully positioning the, themselves to be able to flip a switch and just say like, nah, man, the winners, whoever the fuck we say it is. Yeah. And you're going to have to fucking accept that. And I think that's I don't think that reality has been communicated properly in the news to people. It's just always like wow, like they're doing a lot of news, like a voter suppression, rather than saying like, hold the fuck on. This idea that you live in a country where you could go and vote. I mean, even now, I mean, many would argue, you know, what what, what good does it do now? But even further so, we're talking about just absolute vaporware and, you know, even less accountability. Is that a fucking situation you want to be in? I mean, it's already bad enough now. And to go deeper down that hole, I think, is a reality that I think Americans aren't able to fathom because voting has always been like a thing that's like, yeah, you vote. And then like whoever gets the most votes, you win since you're in school or doing like school elections as a kid. But that's that idea of like, you know, whoever has more better, like more people supporting their ideas wins. That's uh, more quick, very quickly becoming a like an afterthought. It totally is an afterthought. And it's also just like our, the entire way that electoral politics work is based on the idea that it's not actually the amount of people who want something that wins. I mean, if that was true, Hillary would have won, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of this idea right. that is part of our system. And we've sort of like, I think because of that, there's this acceptance of like, yeah, well, that's not how it works here. 
Like it's not about the most popular. It's about the system that we have that we don't totally understand. And I think it sort of ingrains this idea in you that you don't have control over anything. Um, so like, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it's sort of trickles down and the way that the voting suppression is happening right now. I think you're right where there is a disconnect from like, no, people actually are not going to be able to vote. And like, this is ultimately going to change the fabric of electoral politics in our country. I do think there's a, a little bit of a disconnect from a lot of people and like myself, including at times, included at times, as I've like learned about these issues, I think there is like a sense of, well, how bad can it be? Like we all vote. Right. right. And <laughs> yeah, even independent of the suppression and the like, you know, rigging and changing that's happening at the local level. There's also the current, the Democrats who are currently in power seem like they think, uh, well, just that we'll get people to vote more now because they will recognize how bad it can get uh, as as a strategy. And I don't know. Which is so fucked up. Work. It's like, no, they want to recognize that you can help them. They want to recognize right. that when you're in power and when you have all branches of the government, there can be actual actions that impact someone's life instead of learning that like the Senate parliamentarian is a thing. Right. Well, like right. we've never heard that ever, but now we can't get minimum wage. Sorry. Like, that is not a winning strategy for Democrats. They actually have to do something to show people that when they're in power, their lives are improved. Yeah. And it's just like shocking how little they've been able to achieve. And like, yeah, yeah, sorry, I won't get too much into it. I no, could I mean, really I think, go no, it's, it's, I think <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I mean, it, yeah, okay. and it's a habit, it's a habit that both parties are unable to break. Right. Because the, the, to... the line really does end with, is this going to help people? Well, then we fucking can't do that. Right. You know, like that exactly. there. And I think the difference being is that, you know, we see all those memes in the version of like what Republicans say, what Democrats say, and the Democrats saying the same thing, except with like better fonts and emojis around it. Mm -hmm. While though the substance of it is the exact same. And yeah, I, I, I it, it is disheartening in that sense. And I think that's the sort of reality too, that I think that it just can't be uttered on TV uh because it, it's like it's too real to say i'm like fucking msnbc it's like well to be honest like there's the will to really get things done is about around the same because when it comes to really fighting for things that are going to help people the will is just not there and there are you know there are transformational things that were being proposed but we're already seeing them get diminished and diminished and diminished and yes they are they are still meaningful also because the bar is so low and i think we there's we really have to you know, it's hard to, I think, see Americans truly demand uh, to get the things that they want out of their politicians. Because like, to your point, Ali, like, it's just a, it becomes a thing where you think, well, what's, nothing's happened. Mm -hmm. So what good is it doing? And then you see how Democrats want to motivate the base. And it's like, I don't know, man, if you guys don't vote, some, it's gonna get bad well you're you're there though to do that for us where's that where's the fuck is that Where, what are y'all doing the just vote uh, like tweeting just vote whenever something bad happens is just not a winning strategy anymore when you guys have power and we did vote and this is what's happening so like yeah. you need to change your tune we voted yeah, yeah. try to yeah. act on it like yeah, bring it yeah i think bring it home I think it's going to go real bad. <laughs> the midterms <laughs> and 2024, I think it's going to go real fucking bad. Midterm, probably be slam age, and then they'll panic and then figure it out 
maybe just mm-hmm. in the nick of time, but I also see it happening like they double down on the nonsense. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, now they'll see. Now they'll be scared right. by the fact that we lost the midterms, and then they'll really come out. It's like, oh, well, the Republicans are now controlling the House, and they stripped everyone of committee assignments. So now right. what? Right. Yeah. I feel like that's not the thing that's going to spur everyone to action that they might think it is. Yeah. I feel like there's a disrespect of like the people of like, well, like Democrats can't do anything because like cinema and mansion. So like, sorry, like we just need to vote for more Democrats. Whereas like there's this, I, I, I don't know. I mean, not everyone in the country is politically informed, but I do think a lot of people understand that actually the Democrats could do so much more and are not. And they continue to like, just bank on the like ignorance of the people in a way that like I find is like really disgusting. Yeah. Like, like a lot of the rhetoric around like the uh, like Roe v. Wade also like was disturbing to me for that reason, where it's like when you got like there, there were opportunities to actually like codify this into law that we just like wasn't a priority because abortion rights are how are like a really important political issue for Democrats. So I do think there's like a few like gross rhetorical Mm-hmm. ways that the democrats are operating right now and the ra- reality is like things are fucking dire like trump's gonna win in 2024 like we just need to like shut up and like not ca- like pull republican moves like with like supreme court or like do something that is actually going to change the way right. that people view the the uh, possibilities of what can happen when a democrat's in power yeah uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that hockey fundraiser. And we're back. And Mehmet Oz, uh, as we talked about, he's running for Senate in Pennsylvania because his in-laws live there. Yep. And I guess it's a pretty crowded field. And so he it's a challenge. But he he feels he's up to it. Yeah. And he but he he's pissed because the Philadelphia Inquirer has started referring to him as Mr. Oz. Mm-hmm. And he's like, put some respect on my name. Put basically. some respect on my fucking title. And yeah, he came out swinging. I don't know why. Uh, with this like walk and talk video. That's like, again, I don't know why he thought this needed production value, because, again, this is somebody <laughs> who's directing videos. <laughs> You should have your subject begin walking before you roll the camera so it's not that awkward. And I'm walking. <laughs> sort of movement. But anyway, that's fine, now? Mehmet. Now? That's a, okay, now. Yeah, that's a free tip from me. Uh, but here's him complaining about how he's been OMG canceled. Last week, the Philadelphia Inquirer had me on their front page as Dr. Oz. This morning, they just announced no more doctor. Even though I'm a practicing physician, I've taken care of patients, I've done thousands of heart surgeries. They don't want to call me doctor anymore. I won't be canceled. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Hell what? yeah. That I won't is, be canceled. Yeah. That video fucking rules, man. So dumb. Like, I, like I, love, I love the little tilt shift depth of field. It felt very cinematic. But again, just from, you know, just a quick direction note, you could have you trimmed the top down. Right, because yeah. doing it like that, it's like, and he's in a parking lot. I feel like he's going to tell me about the deals on cars they have. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy, like, crazy right. Oz's. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. Right. He like throws the newspaper out of frame. Someone hands in him yeah. a, a, an umbrella from off camera. He puts it out. like, because it's raining deals and like water comes down. But that's not the only thing. It's like that Dollar Shave Club commercial. <laughs> so 
you know, he, he released this video. He's complaining about being canceled. But the thing is, the Philadelphia Inquirer, they made a conscious decision not to be like, let's fuck with Dr. Oz, that they didn't want to use like these titles when reporting on candidates. Like they just don't want to have these honorifics to, you know, just to have a level playing field. So people might not be swayed by this title. So they said, quote, do not use doctor on first reference for anyone with the title, whether they are a medical doctor or have a doctorate in a non-medical field to avoid complaints of unequal treatment from individuals who worked hard to achieve doctorates in non-medical fields, because sometimes they'll only give doctor to like an MD. Right. And they're saying like, you know what? We don't need it. All they're saying is we don't want to just have it seem like, you know, there's any kind of our thumbs are on the scale in any possible way. They said the only exceptions that they have are for obituaries and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. (laughs) So shout out to the inquiry for that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just clear that, you know, Oz, Dr. Oz is like this TV character and this whole campaign is about it's about brand awareness. He knows that he's not going to win because he has any kind of mind for legislation. He's there because in the culture wars, he's emerged as a willing, you know, embracer of bullshit pseudoscience to normalize it on TV. And so (laughs) for him not being able to like the thing with Donald Trump is Donald Trump was his brand name. You know, right. Mehmet Oz is not Dr. Oz's brand name. Dr. Mm -hmm. Oz is his fucking brand. So I think that's why he's just out here being like, I don't what what, they're canceling me because that's my brand. It's Dr. Oz erasure. They're erasing him. If I understand correctly, it's their style guide. So it's not just for political candidates. It's like across the board. Yeah. And I used to work in magazines that had style guides and things. And so it, it is an interesting debate because generally you you always defer to the style guide except you know communication to the readers is more it, it is more important than the letter and the law of the style guide so in a situation like this and i'm not going to come out on his side because that would make me barf but in a situation like this where people do know him like you're saying that's his brand as dr oz do you make an exception i say i no. don't I don't think so, because in this context, right, you're trying to treat people as political candidates who are like people running for office. And you want to give people like you want to say, oh, this is Connor Lamb, who is running for who's also running. Here's John Fetterman, who's also running. And there you'll typically give a description. Mehmet Oz, who is a practicing blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, if you're writing it up, you're not going to avoid mentioning, you know, what qualifications they may have or what they do for work as it relates to their candidacy. Right. Right. And if it was like Lil' Kim running, they're not going to be referring to her in the paper as Lil' Kim. No. They're going to call her. They're going to call her her, uh, Queen B, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Put the hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the omen as her verse in All About the Benjamins goes. But yeah, I think this is one of those moments where, again, it's the brand awareness. And it's funny, too, because there is another medical doctor running in this same race, uh, Dr. Val Arkush. And, you know, she said, I have no problem with this. That's fine. I'm really here to talk about like these ideas I have as potentially a senator and not to say, like, because I'm a doctor, vote for me. And you know, she's also not out here saying things because she's an actual ob- obstetric anesthesiologist like your vagina is a self-cleaning oven. Right. So, you know, Dr. Val Arkush, I might have a little more sense than Dr. Oz here. Yeah, this is also like so basically it's not that they created this rule after Dr. Oz like became a candidate. They 
wrote an article in which the front page headline and photo caption and first sentence all referred to Dr. Oz as Dr. Oz. And then they came out more like, actually, we realize that does not fit with our style guide. And like they were basically doing reacting to the reality you were talking about, Miles, that this is a brand, Dr. Oz. And like, so that is how he exists in most people's brains as Dr. Oz. But like that is doesn't stick to it doesn't fit within the rules of their of their yeah. uh, style guide. So they didn't make a change, which is what I assumed at first. It's just no. They said they, yeah, it was a mistake to run it as Doctor Oz right. the first time, right? But the idea that we want to elect that TV personality into office, as opposed to we want to elect this person of substance who happens to have a show, the former terrifies me. Yeah, it's what we've already done, and it didn't go well. And apparently, we're doing it again in 2024. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, let's talk about. Mr. Big, not oh. Dr. Big, uh, but it is officially <laughs> his name, Mr. Big. So this is going to be uh, technically a spoiler for the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. So if you haven't seen that and for some reason are like really holding out hope to be caught off guard by the twists and turns, <laughs> um, and there is a big twist in the in the first episode, then maybe stop listening here. Okay. So in the first episode, we open with Carrie being married to Mr. Big, played by Chris Knopf. And then at the end of the first episode, Big dies of a heart attack after exercising on his Peloton bike. He's discovered by Carrie, who, despite the fact that he's clearly still alive when she finds him, doesn't call an ambulance or anything for several minutes until her voiceover reveals that he died. It's a very strange, prolonged scene like, kind of on the level of that, like, it, it reminded me of the Lonely Island sketch with the, where they keep shooting people in the music Oh, the place. OC What You yeah. Say? Yeah, the OC What You Say thing, because it's just like, wait, so he's, like, he's still alive, but he's holding his arm. Criminal and, charges should be brought against Carrie. On the right. bathroom floor, right? He's, like, in the yeah. bathroom. He's in the, sh- he's in, like, outside the, the shower. shower. Right. But, like, he still, like, sees her. Eyes focus on her, maybe he, but like he looks a little vacant. But definitely, the move is to immediately call 911 as you're trying to. But instead, she like jumps into the shower and then like starts hugging him. And I mean, you know, people react when experiencing grief and shock in different ways. But then I think at one point, she starts like trying to perform mouth to mouth on him, which seems weird because he's still alive. But, anyways, (laughs) wait, really? I, like, I don't know, or they're like kissing, but it was like a weird, uh, like... I, I do not recall her doing any sort of resuscitation. It was just a real, like, and then you see her special shoes that she'd worn that day, which she apparently right. wore when they got married. They get all wet. But it just seemed like a, like, now I'm just going to hold you and it's inevitable that you're going to die. When in real life, probably, in real life, there's there was probably time to do something. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a terrible reaction is someone's having a medical emergency. And yes, console somebody. But my first thing is like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm right. She didn't go like, oh, my God, what what the fuck is happening? Oh, my God. You know, she was just like, a heart attack. Hold on. Nine one one. I can also hold someone and be on the phone. Okay, (laughs) Carrie. The fuck. It's yeah, it's probably just bad writing, uh, which (laughs) I would say the 
this reboot thus far suffers from a great deal of. Yeah. But they, um, yeah, so Peloton, <laughs> the, the news story, this became a news story because there hasn't been in recent memory a example of product placement that so directly kills one of the characters. <laughs> like it, <laughs> through its use as advertised, basically. Like right. the the idea that you're like democratizing like spin classes and like putting it in fifty something guys' homes so they can like do the workout in the in the privacy of their own home. Like that is basically the pitch of Peloton, right? And that is also the exact thing that kills this guy is that like he probably shouldn't be exercising as hard as he was. He probably shouldn't be exercising without somebody present. Well, it's also super weird, though, because in the show and in, in the culture around the show, it is understood that this Peloton ride is what did him in, I guess. However, right. I feel like that doesn't have to be the truth because someone who has a bad heart, like maybe he, it was going to go at that time no matter what he did. So I'm. Yeah. it's weird that in the show... That's what they have seemed to the conclusion they seem to have reached. Yeah, it the second episode, someone's like that fucking bike. Yeah, it's it's Steve, and he says that fucking bike. Like, right, that's fucking what bike. Did it. That fucking <laughs> bike. All right, hey Miranda. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate that guy. But I just. But like, I don't <laughs> think it's clear that that is what did it. I don't think so. Right, but isn't that like why Peloton like had to like act yes. as if there's a whole forensic analysis, or they're like, whoa, 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 what the fuck. <laughs> Right. Why are you, why are you trying lifestyle. to put that on the bike? They're like, he could have died fucking Carrie, you know, and you're going to put this on the Peloton. Right. Look at his lifestyle and the, he smokes and eats steaks and uh, maybe he has a history <laughs> of it in his fictional family. Yeah. So they're just uh, a writer, Jam looked up some other examples of like bad product placement that backfired on these massive corporations. So we don't really need to feel bad for them. But Coke wasn't thrilled that they're, uh, they had a commercial that appeared in Natural Born Killers, which is this very, like, postmodern cutting back and forth between, like, different types of media. <laughs> and Coke had one of their commercials intercut with footage of headless bloody bodies in Natural Born Killers, which is uh, decidedly against the the Coke uh, brand manifesto, as far as I That's can That's not go. in their style guide? Yeah, it's not in their they style like guide. They like headful bodies. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There can be blood. Yeah. Just, but the heads have to be attached. <laughs> right. Reebok invested $1.5 million in Jerry Maguire only to have one the one reference to Reebok in the movie be Cuba Gooding Jr. shouting, fuck Reebok. I, th I think this one comes the closest maybe to being... Like the Peloton one? Being like the Peloton one because like they got it in the movie and then they made fun of the one thing that is like the bad part of Reebok, that it's like the lesser of the shoe brands. It's not who you would want to be sponsored by. You would right, want right. to be sponsored by Nike. And so, and that is, I think, the context in which Cuba getting junior shouts, fuck Reebok. <laughs> so, like, that seems like it's close to what, what we're talking about. Mad Men also always, like, routinely used real companies, but then there was the Jaguar incident when they get the Jaguar account. It's run by a really creepy piece of shit who would only give Don Draper his business if the company forced one of the characters to have sex with him. And then like as it that one also feels like like the Peloton thing st struck me as like, OK, maybe the head writer of 
the Sex and the City reboot, like has a personal beef with uh, Peloton, like right. had a bad experience with Peloton and has a vendetta. The Jaguar Madman example is also feels like that because not only is like the head of Jag- Jaguar a piece of shit, but then like <laughs> the guy who brings in the business ends up killing himself and he tries to do it by like putting a hose <laughs> from the tailpipe of the Jaguar into his front driver's side window but the car like fails so that's the only thing that stops him from doing that that's pretty clever compounding the embarrassment yeah exactly but anyways peloton in addition to having one of their medical advisors issue a note like talking about how big is a you know unhealthy piece of shit and it wasn't there it's not our bike he fucking he's a unhealthy fat guy then also they partnered with ryan reynolds for some reason, I did, he's not in the ad, but this I think because some... of the Peloton wife ad that he countered right, in 2019. Right. So they partnered with him to uh, whip up a tongue in cheek commercial featuring Chris Noth and Jess King, the Peloton instructor from the show. And they, they're basically like in a on a couch together and like saying oh let's go for a ride soon on the peloton and like it's supposed to be like uh these they're actually having fun it ends up feeling like they're in like a creepy like purgatory afterlife and yeah in which you have to like ride a peloton your entire uh, <laughs> within <laughs> moments it right. yeah with to and, avoid and, going to hell i like you know anna in the chat right now is saying she suspects that there's this was a setup that they knew what they were doing the whole time uh, that they were maybe in cahoots. Yeah. I, part of me thinks... Oh, that's interesting. That's a little difficult given how in the toilet like Peloton is at the moment. They're like, yeah, that, that'll be cool. And then it'll it'll m- maybe mess up uh, the brand identity a little bit more. It Peloton. is interesting, not to be too cynical about it, but before I even heard actual reviews of the reboot when it aired, I saw all, like, I knew someone's going to die because of a Peloton. I didn't think it was going to be big. For some reason, I assumed it was the Peloton teacher. I was confused, but I was seeing all these articles about the relationship, you know, about that shocking Peloton death. So clearly there was some kind of PR campaign. Like, I don't think that that was organic. Right. Mm -hmm. I think what happened, maybe Anna's right. For sure, they knew about it before we did, right? Peloton knew about it before we did. They got probably either had it screened for them or it leaked out. And, you know, they have, like, corporations have intelligence uh, agencies working for them just the same as governments. So I'm sure they were all over it. I doubt that they encouraged them to, uh, like, do this because, A, brands are like not that smart they're not that kind of smart right they always like play shit safe but also they have been killing people (laughs) like recently and uh it's been a huge like hit to their share prices pelotons have pelotons have been killing yeah so they had a treadmill that killed a child and there was a like call to issue a recall on their treadmills and they, you know, pumped the brakes on that. They they wanted to uh, examine whether that was the right thing to do based on how not profitable it was. For do you them. know what happened? With the child? the child? Yeah. Injured? No. 
No, I don't know. I I think it involved like them getting stuck underneath or something. It's really horrifying. Treadmills in general are fucking dangerous. And, Exercise yeah. is terrible, you guys. Yeah, but exactly. It's the devil, right? <laughs> I yeah. Too risky. Satanic panic. So I I would say don't hate Peloton for like killing a fictional character. I hate them for fighting a recall for a product they knew led to the death of a child. And also their stock is like, so a, a lot of people were reporting that the stock was down 11% based on this storyline. The stock has been down like been overall, down. like across the, you know. Yeah, his- I didn't know that because I had heard that it went down in relation to this show. So I was like, wow, that actually... Not that I have, you know, not that my heart bleeds for Peloton, but like that does suck for them if this caused that. But uh, no, this didn't cause that. It's that. And they just they they over forecasted what they thought, you know, how many more signups they'd have in 2021 without realizing like what reopening would do for people's exercise habits. Yeah. But I'm just surprised they didn't like really put the knife in when Carrie's like getting really specific to like slam Peloton. It's like, oh, my God, big. Why did you take a power zones class with Alex (laughs) Toussaint? You know, it's too hard for you. And like looking directly in the camera. What's the deal with those? But who knows? It was a real Peloton instructor who played the instructor in the show, though. They changed changed the name, but did get the actual instructor. To Allegra, everyone's favorite antihistamine. They're always and, like, hey, hey, what happened when you shot with uh, Sex and City? What, what went down? Did anything? How was it with Peloton? Yeah, like that's another example of like how they probably like figured out. Oh, what... yeah, nothing, nothing. It was oh, all right. good. Yeah. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Definitely okay, didn't kill died. anyone. Yeah. The guy died. I'm sorry, Mr. Peloton. But I mean, I like this goes directly towards like what is a risk with Peloton, which is like, you know, you see him doing the workout and he's being like, coached slash like you know yelled at by an instructor who's you know hundreds of miles away from him and but like is telling him to like you know really step it up and it's like he's a 60 year old guy and like who probably thinks she's attractive i mean they make jokes about how he thinks she's attractive throughout the show so it's like i don't know it feels like that's not a great like setup for people not to die of heart attacks like that's what i'm curious about uh is like but how many people are dying you could levy attacks. that against any exercise video service you know like if you're doing p90x or any you know like stuff like that in the past like at a certain point you have to know yourself and if you but are she sees risk, me miles she sees me <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, she likes to play, me <laughs> to play devil's advocate with p90x or you know what is typo ty- is that what it was called billy blanks typo yeah i used to have yep. that um you know that you're watching something taped, whereas with Peloton, there is the illusion that they that it is two ways yeah. and that it's unique. You know, the direction is like unique to you. And this is a, his thousandth ride. And he's excited that he's going to get a shout out oh, right. from the instructor who he has a crush on. So they're really just like kind of hone in on the they're one. They're just kind of shit on it. But I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't seem logical, you know, like, yeah. that to be like, no, man, these pellets, they'll fucking kill you because they, they try and get you to do more than you can. That's, you know, Do you I have think a Peloton, Miles? Why is that relevant? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Because I, I've just, just because noticed... I love Alex Toussaint's Power Zones class? <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed people who do Peloton immediately become converts to it and are like, it's actually pretty great. Like, I, I kind of love it. And so I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm not going to do an ad for them right now based on what we've been talking about. But 
there's there are definitely parts of it where I'm surprised for me has such little motivation to exercise that mm. something got my stinking ass to do something more than like for a week straight. Yeah. This is what they say. This is what they say. This That's is what they the say. That's speech. how they get you. Next thing you know, y'all going to be talking about my death on this right. thing. <laughs> so you do have one. Uh, no comment. If I were to have one, <laughs> I'd hope Peloton would understand uh, what the value is of my brand ambassadorship yes. in a particular tumultuous time at the yeah. moment. Where I'd be willing did, to shill for the bike. If you did have one, how many times would you find yourself using it? Like on a, on a weekly basis, how frequently are Four we Four times talking? a week. What? Four times Three? a week. Four. Ooh, wow. Damn. Really impressive. Okay. If I did. Yeah, if if I did it, which I am not. <laughs> if I did it by OJ Simpson, it's about me owning a Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.